Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to Brandon at Random Reviews Podcast. I am Brandon Griffiths, and I am trying this out for the first time today, so please bear with me if there are any technical difficulties or gaps in content. Thank you. Um, so, I, I want to talk about something I was thinking about yesterday. So, my dad was telling me about this this movie he thought I should should review or just check out, which, which is called Taking Chance with uh, Kevin Bacon. Apparently, it was, it was like a TV movie, and it was, I, I had never heard it. It's from like 10 plus years ago. I, I had never heard of it. Didn't know it came out. Not once. Didn't. Didn't know what he was talking about when he described it, and I looked it up on IMDb, and it's got like a solid 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb, which is a very good rating, especially for a TV movie. So I started thinking about it, and and like, you know, the movie's on HBO Max, and and I'm the type of guy who's prone to just check these sort of things out, you know? I mean, I'm usually looking for a good movie to check out, and it's it's a lot you know it's nice when somebody suggests stuff to me um you know the only problem is is like in the past my dad has kind of uh he's recommended movies to me that are what i would refer to as mediocre at best and like have no merit in being suggested to another human being after you see them i mean like he he recommended i see the Intern with Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro, where Robert De Niro is like this old man who goes to be an intern at a company, and it's just it doesn't it doesn't really it, it doesn't do anything for me. You know what I mean? They're they're both talented actors and everything. I don't want to take away from that, but it's like what what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like what what's the point of this movie? And I mean, I'm sure there's more to it than that, but I, you know, I just kind of lost, I lost interest in the movie pretty quickly, but I finished it. So what what I want to talk about is how I've come to this conclusion that, you know, like I'll write my reviews, I'll do my, you know, my short little, you know, five, six paragraph reviews where I'll talk about a movie I just watched and I'll give a rating, and I'll tell you if it's available on streaming or whatever. Um, so, but but the problem is, is I won't, I will not directly suggest movies to anybody anymore, movies or TV shows. I I found it too frustrating in the past to like go, you know, it's like I would I would talk about. You know, like, oh, you know, you really should check out this movie. And, you know, it, it was it was difficult because it was a movie that I thought this friend or family member would really enjoy. And they, they didn't watch it, right? And so that, that would be, that would be like the drawback. Because it's like, I'd say, check this movie out. You know, you'll really like it. I think it's, it's right up your alley. And they'll say, okay, you know, they kind of have this dismissive way about them. And then it's like, they don't watch it. And then they like want to talk to you about these other movies that they watched that were, 
terrible movies and just had no business being watched by anybody. You know, like, they, they shouldn't even have had an inclination to watch them at all. And then it's like, they're, you, you kind of get, like, it's like a little irksome. It's like you get a little annoyed by them because they want to make, you know, their own choices and that's fine, but it's like you can't you can't throw my my suggestion a bone real quick, you know, you can't just chat about, you know, or chat about it with me after you've seen it and let me know what you thought. I mean, is it really that bad that you don't you don't want to watch it? And and that's, I mean, that's where I just kind of came to my conclusion. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not suggesting movies to people. I'm not telling people that they are, you know, uh, that they need to see something. It's just kind of like, if they come to me asking for a suggestion, I will, you know, I will, I will give them recommendations, but I will not unsolicited give them recommendations at all. It, it just... It hurts too much. So, I mean, I just... I, I'm kind of at wit's end, you know, like with that. So I, that, I've kind of enacted that policy of like, okay, no more recommendations. We're not doing this anymore. I'm just going to review my movies. I'm going to talk about them. If they, if somebody, you know, if I say I saw a movie and somebody asks me about it, I'll tell them what I what I felt about it. But I'm not I'm not going there anymore. I'm, I'm done with it. Um... So, speaking of movies, which is the topic of this podcast, so that's a terrible segue, but um, the movie Top Gun Maverick premiered this weekend, um, Memorial Day weekend release, um, featuring, you know, of course, Tom Cruise. Uh, It's, you know, a sequel that is what... 35 years in the making, 37, 30-something, yeah, anyway, it's a very, it's a very big gap between original and sequel, and you know what's funny is it's like, it's, it's partially my Tom Cruise thing, I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan, I don't generally like his acting style or the, his, his way about him on camera, not a fan, I, uh, I just don't have any inclination to see this movie at all. At at all. And, like, I just... I see previews for it, and I see, like, you know, that it's performing well at the box office, and I think to myself, what are we... What are we doing here? You know, like, wh- why are we... I mean, Tom Cruise... Like, he, he legitimately does have movies, like... You know, like Jack Reacher, the first one. I never saw the second one. I heard it was terrible. Um, And Edge of Tomorrow, you know, Live, Die, Repeat, or whatever you want to call it. Um, He has he has good movies. You know, he and I mean, a lot of the Mission Impossible movies are really good movies. I mean, granted, I will I will say, despite them being good movies, I think they would be great movies if somebody other than Tom Cruise was portraying the character. That's neither here nor there. Uh, I, I just, I try, I try so hard with Tom Cruise, and it's just he doesn't, he doesn't, he he does a lot of annoying stuff, and I just, I can't wrap my head around it. And so I, I see that you know, like, you know, Top Gun Maverick had the highest uh, 
um, opening gross, you know, for Tom Tom Cruise's entire career this weekend, which is which is congratulations. That's great, you know. Um, I just don't. It doesn't. It doesn't get me there, you know. It doesn't. It doesn't make me want to see it anymore, and it doesn't. It doesn't do much for me to see it. The issue with Tom Cruise has has been well documented throughout my you know my movie reviewing career. Um, you know, like for instance, Jerry Maguire was not um, not not. It was a movie that I think I would have liked more had. Tom Cruise not been the star and had Cuba Gooding Jr. not been such a human piece of dog shit. And, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, it's it's not it's not that big of a deal. It's just I, I just I don't like certain actors or actresses that, you know, have these reputations and they just don't seem to they don't do it for me, you know? I mean, they just, they don't. And I mean, like, I'm I'm the first to admit, like, if I, if there's an actor that comes out and they, like, start doing, you know, really well in movies, like, for instance, like, Matthew McConaughey was, like, before, um, what was it called? Dallas Buyers Club, when he won the, won the Oscar for that movie, he really brought it home. Like, he, he really sold the serious role and I mean, before that, he was in what? Like, he was in Fool's Gold. He was in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. He was in, you know, he was that that character, that the caricature of a character in Dazed and Confused. All, albeit, you know, it was a good movie and a lovable character. He was he was a sleazy piece of shit in the movie. But like, the fact that he like turned around and decided, hey, I can fucking, I I have the chops to fucking act you know I can actually do this and it's not you know the end of the world for me I I just I really um I I think that like you know like with him I'm I'm now a Matthew McConaughey fan um you know I there there are a lot of actors that that have done that that have taken taken an excellent I mean like Robert Pattinson you know not just because of Batman um but like Robert Pattinson, you know, people people want to make fun of him for the Twilight movies, and they they kind of should. I mean, that's that's completely reasonable to make fun of somebody for. He's not proud of those movies, and he, but he he doesn't have to be ashamed of those movies. He, I mean, they were successful. You know, if you're a young actor and you don't have any experience, and somebody you know agrees to make you the star of their you know, vampire franchise for teens that is going to make millions and billions of dollars, then, like, who are you to to turn him down? You know what I mean? If it's going to get you exposure. And, like, look at, like, he's he's pivoted so hard from that role in those Twilight movies to actually be a solid actor in, you know, many other movies that are, you know, I mean, like, like I think uh, what's the one it's called I think Good Times was he was he was good in it the movie itself kind of fell short for me it didn't really feel like there was much substance there um The Lighthouse he was he seemed to be good in I it was not my kind of movie but like just as examples of like him not being in Twilight him you know bringing it home and 
and trying to do better, you know, take better roles and, and perform on a different level. Uh, you know, other than like, other than what has come out recently, one of the things the last time I went to the theaters, which was uh, to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, check out my review on my Facebook page or my WordPress site, uh, Brandon at random.wordpress.com. Um, it, it was, I saw a preview before Doctor Strange and it was, um, it was for a movie that I had heard about that was coming out that was called, or that was going to be the sequel to the, the Avatar movie from, you know, the James Cameron one from, you know, the early, mid-2000s, whatever. I, I hate referring to anything in, in the post-90s world because nobody knows. It's like, if I say it was in the 2000s, are you taking that to mean it was in from 2000 until 2022? Or are you talking it was in the first decade of the the 2000s. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. So you take this um, and you go, you go, okay. I mean, it took me over, well over 10 years to finally sit down and watch that first Avatar movie. And, you know, it's like my cousins were telling me I really had to see it. They really loved it and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. I'll, I, it's been, you know, it's a popular movie. And I'm, I'm one of those people that it's like, if, if a lot of people talk about a movie or like tell me that it's good or I see it referenced somewhere, I really want to check it out and I want to get it, you know, get it in my, my mind, you know, like, what is this movie? Is this actually a good movie? Does it merit being referenced or praised by people outside of, uh, you know, outside of, uh, outside of a theater? I mean, I don't know. But, uh, like, Avatar, for me, it was just, like, it wasn't that great. Like, it was, it was decent. It was an alright movie. It was super expensive. And, like, you could see that because, like, for the era in which this movie came out, I want to say, and don't quote me on this, I want to say it was like 06 maybe that it came out. And it was, I think they said it was like a $300 million movie or something like that. And it was like by far the most expensive movie that they had ever made to that point. And it was like so much CGI, you, you couldn't even fucking handle it, you know? But, I mean, like, the story is pretty basic. Like, you know, basically these people are going to go in, you know, this, like, military group, I guess. I can't, don't don't quote me on this stuff. I can't remember the exact plot of the movie. But, like, basically, like, they're, like this group is going to infiltrate this, um, this other, other group of beings, you know, by, by imitating them, you know, and making themselves look like them and and then like using that to uh, infiltrate and like use whatever resources they have that are in high demand. You know, there's a love story and there's, um, but there's like not, not many, I think like maybe Sigourney Weaver is in it and Zoe Saldana is in it, but I don't, I don't remember anybody else being in that movie. I mean, I'd have to actually look 
But I mean, long story short is, I don't give a shit about Avatar. I, I guess I didn't realize that, like, this was a thing people were wanting, you know? Yeah, Sam Worthington is in it. And Michelle Rod... Oh, Michelle Rodriguez. Okay, I know her. But, like, Sam Worthington, if you put a gun to my head and asked me to, like, picture him in my brain, I, I would... You'd have to shoot me. Like, I mean, that would be impossible for me to do. I, I know the name, but I don't... I wouldn't recognize him as a as a human being if I just saw him out of nowhere. This gets me thinking. Okay, so... Back in the day, there were, um, you, you remember, like, back when, uh, it was, like, a huge deal that, like, Kazaa was out, or, like, Napster, or LimeWire, any of these, like, it was always music downloading services, because, like, you wouldn't dream of downloading a video from these fucking things, you know what I mean? It was just, like, that was gonna, that was gonna bog down your computer for a decade if you tried to download a movie or a TV show. And so it was mostly music, you know, that was how a lot of people got them. They would download the music and then they would they would save the files to their computer and then they could burn them to a CD and you know, that was that was when like literally every household seemed like they had a one of those spindles of of you know, the CDRs in their, you know, home office or whatever, you know, like they didn't, they didn't really, they didn't really have, um, any other way to get music, especially like individual, individual tracks. Like you, you, are you kidding? You can't even, you couldn't even do it. You had to buy a whole CD and then you find out that, oh, guess what? Headstrong is the only song Trapped really has going for them, and they're not going to go anywhere from here. Sorry. Hate to break it to you. Um, but, like, you know, like, with that, you know, there's there's obviously, like, the ethical dilemma of that. Like, if you if you have enough of a conscience, you know, you're, you're looking at music you want to download, and it's like, the music is like, I mean... It could be anybody's music. It could be, you know, it could be an indie artist. It could be a major label artist. It could be anything on on these, you know, those illegal sites, those uh, programs. But, like, if you look at it, they're not, you know, like, you're not giving them any money. You know what I mean? There's, there's no revenue for them to be had. And, you know, that was why, like, you know, one of the more popular bands that, that came, spoke out against these services was... Metallica and it was you know it was like Lars Ulrich you know different different people from different aspects of the music industry were were not in you know openly not in favor of these things and it, you know it's like I can't really fight them on it you know it's not it's not like they they don't have a valid point you know what I mean if you want to listen to somebody's music yeah you should pay for their music you know you should legitimately be getting their music and making it a point to pay because you know that that revenue is going to them. So my point here is I so I when I buy or down or you know uh, 
yeah, when I buy a Blu-ray or a DVD, if it's if it's not too encrypted, if it's within my means, I will, you know, I will save that movie to my computer literally, legitimately as a backup, okay? So, like, if anything ever happens where, you know, something gets damaged, I still have a copy of a movie that I want to, you know, if I want to watch it, I, I still can, and I have every right to. And, I mean, the only thing is with it is it's like, is it okay? You know, like, I mean, they say it's, if you're just using it as a backup and you're not sharing it with people and you're not, you know, making, you know, you're, you're not like distributing it or anything like that, it's, it's fine. You know what I mean? You can have a backup. It's not, nobody's going to be upset with you. And I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like I, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to save these. If my computer can manage it, I will have my computer, you know, rip these, these movies. And I mean, it's, it's nice though, because like, so I have like, you know, there is the ripped copies, which are like the unofficial digital copies of movies. And then you have the digital purchased movies that are as, you know, like they're actually legally, you know, like unquestionably legal and they are, you know, exactly what you, um, what you want them to be, you know, like, I mean, they're, they're great quality, they're accessible from anywhere, you can download them to listen to when you don't have an, or, you know, to watch when you don't have an internet connection, um, you can also, you know, make it a point to, um, to, you know, collect all of these movies, and then, like, it gets to a point where it's like, yeah, you know, you've amassed quite a selection, and like a lot of the the Blu-rays and DVDs these days, they come with a digital copy. You know, like I remember when that that first started happening, I was like, I mean, I'll I'll redeem this, but what the fuck do I give a shit about having a digital copy? Why don't I just put the Blu-ray in? And you know, I mean, before very long, it, it became like, oh shit, I really do want a digital copy, and it's really nice to be able to have those. And you know, like what's what's awesome is people also don't like I've had friends uh in the past that have like bought physical copies of movies and they're like hey I don't do you use these digital copies because I don't and you know like if you want mine I will give it to you and I'm like fuck yeah I'll fucking take your you know like and and to me that's not like that's not morally reprehensible to take that digital copy from them I mean it's it's probably not what the studios would want you to do if, if you know, truth be told. But, like, it's it's so good that, like, you can, you know, you can have those kinds of trade-offs where it's like, yeah, I've got a physical copy of this movie and it's, you know, giving me a free digital copy, but I have no desire to own that digital copy at all, you know? So, I mean, I've amassed a bigger digital collection of movies than I have ever had uh, physically in my life. Like, I think I have somewhere between, like, 
650 and six and 700 yeah 700 um digital movies and these these span every all, all over the place um the only the only frustration i have are the movies that are like because of like you know studio rights or you know contracts that were written and are out of date with you know like streaming services you can't you know like there's like perfect example for me young frankenstein one of my favorite comedies of all time is not available on digital purchase so like sometimes you'll see it on like a streaming service and that's great but like you can't actually buy it to keep when you know it's on uh you know when it's on a streaming service like that like it's they don't they don't have the rights to it and it's the same way with like dogma and there's i mean there's a bunch of them I, i i'd like to just sit and list them all all day long but like it it's not necessary so um yeah so i mean like i i've really hooked or you know latched on to the old um digital movie phenomenon um it's it's been you know it's been so great being able to like you know i can just i can go i can i can say like it used to be when i was going on a long trip and i wanted to watch movies in the car you know, I would, like, I would, for a while, it was, like, you know, it was VHSs, so it was, like, we'd bring, like, a, a TV-VCR combo, little, like, nine-inch TV, and I'd watch Happy Gilmore 600 times on those, you know, those trips, but, like, and, like, so you could only bring a few movies, because you only had so much space, and then, like, then it became, okay, I've got DVDs, and I've got a laptop that, still had a disk drive which many of them do not anymore and then you know you so you take the the uh laptop and you use that to watch and then you know you have to make sure it was plugged in so you wouldn't lose a charge and you'd have to you know it was was in the days where you had to like put a pillow on your lap and set the laptop on top of the pillow because the laptop would get so hot running trying to keep up with that fucking movie and like it's just it's become such a now it's like i have i have an ipad and i can go ahead and you know download a bunch of movies to it and have them to watch on the road when i want to no questions and it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing i can go on vacation and it's like if i want to watch something at night before i go to bed it's on my iPad and I can fit, you know, dozens of movies depending on the, the quality I choose. That's the other thing is if you go like standard def, you can fit like 20, 30 movies and that's wonderful. I mean, your iPad is typically only like capable of, of HD. So it's like, and it's like, you're on such a small screen who gives a flying shit about HD, but like, I also have bad vision. So like for me to, um, get hung up on HD would be completely ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, I, I've I've gotten into that. I, I I love the convenience factor of it. It you know you, you can't sell me on it enough. Um, and then you know with that, like so, I mean, you've got the the digital movie collection is enhanced by okay. So like there are some major contributors to the digital movie 
purchasing options. Okay, so you've got you've got Voodoo, which is exclusively video um, streaming, purchasing, renting service, and you can watch you know a ton of different movies on it. It's got a, a lot of stuff on it, and I mean there's there's very little that it it doesn't have that other streaming services do because it's just the way it is um other one is you know apple apple uh, tv basically has you know like the same kind of setup where it's you know got a full selection of movies and tv shows um amazon prime video you know like not the i should say amazon video or amazon instant video Boy, it's hard. It's hard to talk about Amazon stuff and like be clear on what you're talking about. So the not free Amazon Video, where you have to buy the movies individually, it's it's just like any of the other ones where it's like you can buy a ton of movies, you can buy a ton of TV shows. Um, and I will say that like depending on the cert, like movie wise, it's not a huge leap, but like TV wise it can kind of suck to like, if you, if you download on the wrong, or if you buy on the wrong service for TV, you're kind of hosed. But like the reason why you're not really hosed on movies is if I buy, let's say I find a movie that is on sale for $4.99 on Amazon, right? And it's, $9.99 $9.99 on all the other streaming or you know all the other video services and it's and if you have what which is free you have movies anywhere is a service that connects all of these um movie services you know these video services together but it's only for the movies it doesn't include tv shows um the movie services it connects them. So if I buy it on Apple, but I don't really like watching it on the Apple app, I will, I, it will also show up in my library for Vudu and Amazon and, you know, wherever else that I have an account linked. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's just a wonderful little option. You know, you don't have to um, go to too much trouble to make it work and, you'll thank yourself for all the money that you're going to save. I mean, I do, like, I still, you know, cynical me, I'm, I'm still, like, apprehensive to, like, put all my eggs in that basket. And, like, you know, like, I don't like to, even though, okay, like, let's say, because I prefer Voodoo, but, like, I don't want to buy all of my movies on Voodoo, you know, just because I like Voodoo. It's, like, I've got to... Especially, like, if they're movies anywhere, I will buy them on other services deliberately, even if it's, like, no difference in price. It's, like, I want to have some on Amazon because Vudu is its, like, own service. Like, it used to be, I don't know if it still is, but it used to be owned by Walmart, and I think Walmart sold interest in it. So it was, like, it went to being owned, you know, I think, like, Fandango, Fandango bought them out. Um, a couple years ago, and, like, my concern is, it's just a video streaming service, it's not like it's got a lot backing it, so it's like, I can trust Apple 
is going to stay afloat. I can trust Amazon is going to stay afloat. And I can trust Google is going to stay afloat. If I get my movies on those services and I watch them through those services, or you know, if I like, if I buy it on Amazon, I can watch it on Vudu because I prefer Vudu. It's you know, it makes me feel better that I'm like, if I get screwed and I can't keep all of my Vudu library, which by the way is still gonna fucking destroy me like deep down, uh, but I'll I'll at least have something left over you know, that I won't have to repurchase, you know? And that's that's what's key, is, I mean, amassing a library for me, like, I've stopped doing it so much, and I'll get into it a little bit later, but, like, amassing a library to me has, has been so beneficial because it's, like, I can watch whatever I want whenever I want. Okay, so on Vudu, I have some... Some selections. I'll cover a couple of them today, but you know, there's, uh, there, there. You have lists on on Vudu now. Like they didn't used to have those, but like you, you would, you know, you you can take basically make playlists of movies, you know, or or whatever, and like, and you can just put it all like, okay, these are all, you know fall movies or these are Christmas movies or these are Batman movies or you know whatever and you can just make an entire um, subsection of your library that it's like highlighting like okay hey I've got all of my you know all of this certain type of movie in this one location and it's it's fantastic so like I have one that is called my all-time favorites, okay? And right now I have it in, in alphabetical order. So I, I won't I won't go too crazy talking about Batman because I've I always have way too much to say about Batman. But some of my some of my favorites, like so there's a movie called About Time that I saw in the theater with my friend Katie, and her and I usually like adamantly disagree with each other on movies and we both really enjoyed the movie and really thought it was good and really it I could not believe what a good job like they did with it and like because I I had heard it was made by the same people that made love actually and I was kind of like I mean that's a certain type of movie like I, I have there's certain connotations with the way that that movie is that like I don't know if I want to deal with you know, that for an entire movie again. And, you know, it, it turns out it's just a standard movie, but it's, you know, it's got like a little bit of a uh, a fantasy type um, aspect to it. It doesn't, you know, it's not entirely grounded in reality, but it feels like it is, you know. It's, I mean, it's like basically this guy can, can, travel back in time and redo things like do a mulligan of the things in his life that have happened that he wants to change and you know obviously there's there's pluses and minuses to that but I mean like it is it is a phenomenal movie it, it's like it's like a romantic comedy basically um it it has its serious moments you know some sad moments um but but overall, it's a very, you know, it's a nice, lighthearted movie where you just, 
you really want to um, you really want to immerse yourself in, in what's happening. It's it's a very I really love it. But maybe yeah, maybe I'll only talk about one per per ep because I don't I don't really want to talk about seven different fucking all-time favorite movies. It'll just kind of wipe me out. So what I was saying about amassing a movie library is, you know, like I I had been like with reckless abandon just been collecting all of these different you know different movies like any movie that like and it was it it was bad enough that like I I didn't have the self-control to like tell myself Brandon you have not seen this movie you don't need to own this just because it's on sale it doesn't need to be purchased right now you can wait until it comes on streaming or you know you get a chance to watch it somehow you know but I mean I cannot stress it enough do not buy movies without watching them. Like, I used to never buy a movie without watching it. And I learned the hard way that, like, it's not a good idea to do that. Like, to to go out and get a movie because you're excited to see it. And then come home and then, like, if you have that, that realization that you're like, man, this is actually pretty shitty. And I really wish that I hadn't purchased this. And, you know, now I'm kind of stuck with keeping it forever then, you know, like, that's what'll happen. But, like, so what I ended up doing was I kind of, like, I had this, um, I had this moment, you know, mid-spring, um, that I, I realized I was doing a pretty piss-poor job of managing my money. Um, I've never been the type of person who had, like, a, a good budget laid out or any kind of plan, it was always just kind of like I had a general idea of how much money I could spend in an average, you know, week, day, month, whatever. Um, and I would just only spend that and hopefully not have any any hiccups, you know. And and I mean, I have you know, I have a little bit of credit card debt, not like not like jaw droppingly. Oh, my God. But like credit card debt that I have let get a little out of line because I have been irresponsible about making sure I pay what I need to on it to, you know, be in a good place credit-wise. And, like, actually, my credit is, isn't even bad, but, like, because I always I always make the payments, and that's really what they give a shit. Like, they, they would rather you be, like, balls deep in debt than, you know, making... They'd, they'd rather you be balls deep in debt than be like wiping out your debt completely and not paying anything to them on a monthly basis. I mean, realistically, they want you to be paying interest, which is not ideal. I mean, you want to pay off these things. So like anyway, I... I went in and, you know, like I started, you know, like I asked my friend about like, you know, what, what he uses because I knew he was pretty good at budgeting and stuff. And I was like asking him, I'm like, yeah, you know, like I, I'm trying to figure out like a good app to use. And I, I, you know, I tried, like I had tried ones in the past and they were, they were subpar, you know, I didn't really like think they were that great. And I eventually landed on, you know, I tried like uh, Mint, which is like a, a budgeting slash, you know, financial app. Um, I, I tried Truebill. 
Um, and I and then I landed on one that was best for me, and I think it's best. It should be best for most people, which is called Every Dollar. And the 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 idea behind the name is like you have a plan for every dollar you spend every month. You know, so it's like if you're if you've got this much money coming in, every every cent should have some kind of money or you know some kind of plan associated with it and you just can't like fly by the seat of your pants all the time like I was and so I we you know it's funny because I I started planning it out and I mean luckily for me like I I realized that like I was wasting so much money every month. It was ridiculous. Like, I couldn't even believe how much money I was wasting. And it was like, I... So it was like, I figured out how much money I had left over, you know, and I wanted to get my credit card paid off, you know, and I wanted it to be pretty quick. You know, I didn't want to be, like, stuck dealing with the credit card debt forever. And so it's like, once I got it figured out, it was like, oh my God, like, I've got tons of money because I was I was like at this point where it was like the weirdest fucking shit like I would I would look like I would actively seek out shit to waste my money on on Amazon you know it was like I would look at these like you know 44 Amazon things that users say they can't live without and it would just be like some stupid fucking thing that it's like what do you mean they can't live without that. Like I have, I bought it and I haven't even fucking taken it out of the packaging since I got it, you know, like what the fuck? And I mean, so it was like, I I had to get out of that habit. I knew that. And it was like, I had to adjust my spending habits and you know, it was just, it was stupid stuff, you know I mean? But so I like, I got my budget going and it was, it's very good. I can't recommend like, Every dollar, it uses the same basic premise of like an app, like a regular budget, like you might make an Excel or something. The other apps don't, they don't focus on planning enough. Like they don't, they don't tell you what you've done right or wrong or, you know, how well you're trending or whatever you want to call it. Like, but you individually have to, you know, like every time you make a purchase or you get income, you have to put it in the app yourself. Otherwise, you know, unless you, you know, you want to get like the premium version, which I I honestly think is a bad choice. Like to get the premium version, it, it actively takes you out of the equation of like, out of tracking your financial life, you know? Like, I mean, it's it completely removes you from the equation. And like, I feel like if you're not actively engaged in that, then you are potentially wasting money and you don't even you know you're not even aware enough of it because you're not you're not there for it you know you're not you're not dealing with it so i would say um but i mean obviously you know with budgeting you know i i can only be you know have have tight purse strings for so much you know some things you know you just got to spend money on like i know i bought the batman on Blu-ray, and it came with the DVD and the digital copy, which I was happy with because I, you know, I was gonna buy it digitally if I didn't get the digital copy anyway. And it was just—I mean, I haven't watched it 
since I got it. Um, I, you know, I saw it twice in theaters, but I'm, I'm not trying to be one of those people that like is convinced that they need to see a movie just because they like it like six times, you know, like people were telling me they'd, they, you know, they'd see me in my Batman hat and they'd say, oh man, I saw the Batman six times in theaters and I'm like, awesome, man, that's great. Like, what'd you do that for? You know, like, I mean, I, for me, like I saw the Dark Knight three times in theaters. I saw it opening night, like Thursday night in the regular theater. I saw it the following day in IMAX. And then I saw it again with my mom, I think, which is one of those situations where it really pissed me off because I told her it was really good and she would really like it. And it took somebody at work telling her that it was a good movie because she, you know, like, I can get it, like, my my love of Batman could probably cloud my judgment. I know, I realize that, but, like, it's just, you know, it's the, the principle of it all. And so... I don't see anything wrong with, you know, like, setting aside, like, especially, like, for me, it's the Batman. I'm not waiting until it goes on sale. I'm not doing any of that shit. I'm fucking buying it right out of the gate, and I'm going to buy it at full price, and it's, you know, it is what it is. And I, I didn't buy it the first day it released on video, but I did buy it, like, within a couple of days because I knew I wasn't going to watch it before, you know, before I... Uh, before the end of the week because, you know, it was three hours and I'm an old man and I only stay up until like seven o'clock at night, but that's neither here nor there. Now, back to back to movies, okay? So, if you take all of the, you know, my all-time favorites and, you know, there's quite a few of them. Um, you know, there's, like, eh, there's roughly like 40, 40, 46 is how many there are. And I, you know, I, I adore those movies. I could probably watch them almost any time. But then there are movies that I, I I have in a list called Never Again. And it's not even necessarily bad movies. It's just movies that I don't feel the need to ever endure again. Because they were just such an unpleasant thing to sit down and watch um and some of them do suck I mean don't get me wrong so there is a movie that I I had wanted to see for a while it was um it's by director Frank Capra who made um It's a Wonderful Life um and a lot of his movies you know like his you could see where like his career kind of like started to go downhill and he didn't you know he wasn't making the same great movies he once was um but like you know I always look up on IMDB to find out how good or bad a movie is and you know I I come across this movie that's on sale on Vudu that is $4.99 and it has Cary Grant who I like no one else I've I, I'm a that I'm a major fan of I mean Peter Peter Laurie's in it but like he's a fucking creepy weirdo so I'm you know, I can take him or leave him. Um, but it's called Arsenic and Old Lace. And, you know, I'm always 
a little iffy on movies that are like that are from the era this movie's in, you know, like the forties or, you know, like yeah, I mean like the forties basically the black and white era. If if it's a comedy that is not like Charlie Chaplin or Groucho Marx or Buster Keaton or you know some of those like comedy you know household names from that era which I mean Charlie Chaplin would be older than the 40s but like the black and white era in general um it was it's like if if I watch a movie from that era and it's trying to be a legitimate comedy I can't fucking stand it like it's horrible like I can't I can't say it enough like they they had not quite figured out what they were doing with comedy in a lot of movies you know like they they would leave it to where it was like you know they're making these stupid jokes and it's like oh god get the fuck out of here that doesn't even fucking it doesn't even merit a, a slight snicker like let alone like actually openly laughing about something so it's like I just tried to avoid um, comedies. Well, Arsenic and Old Lace was listed as like a crime thriller type on um, on IMDb. And so I thought to myself, you know what? It's, it's rated 7.9 out of 10, which is a very high rating. Um, it's got Cary Grant. You know, it's 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 directed by Frank Capra. Let's do this. You know what I mean? There's there's no way I don't like this movie. And holy shit, it is. I guess it. Oh, it is listed as comedy, crime, thriller, but it is horrible. Like it is, it's like a dark comedy, which I'm even more not a fan of. And it's like, what are we doing with this? Like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, I. It is one of the few movies that I. I got like 30 to 45 minutes into and I shut it off. I was done with it. I'm not I'm not covering this shit anymore. I'm good. So, I mean, I won't I won't ever watch that one again and I doubt I'll pick up where I left off and, you know, watch the rest of it. Um So, I'd like to talk about some uh so I texted my friend Lance the other day and I told him, hey man, if at some point this summer, you know, I'd like to do some things. I'd like to go to the batting cages. I'd like to go disc golfing. I'd like to um, go to a baseball game, like a lug nuts game or a Tigers game, whichever. Um, and, you know, just, oh, and, and play hoops, you know, like, play a little basketball and, like, actually have a good time. It, it would be, you know, it's, it's really, like, important to me that I, like, because it's, like, I've lost this weight, you know, I'm, like, I'm down 88 pounds or whatever it is, uh, it fluctuates, I guess it's less now, but, like, I, I, I've lost the weight and it's, like, I'm, able to be active 
And it's like, I want to get out there and fucking do this shit. You know what I mean? I want to have a good time. I want to exert myself physically. And I want to feel like I'm doing what I need to be doing, you know, just to, to keep active and keep healthy. And I mean, I, I go for walks every day, but it's not quite the same as, you know, going for, you know, doing something that's like as, you know, as exhausting as playing real a real game of basketball and actually like trying to compete you know i mean that that's my favorite thing and so i'm probably actually going to go i'm going to a baseball game tomorrow not with lance um because it's he's going to be working but like i like texted my mom and asked her if she would want to go because it's like I generally like to do stuff by myself, but I I could seldom think of a sadder thing than me like just going to a lug nuts game in Lansing with no one and just sitting in the stands alone and doing nothing but watching baseball because concession stand food is fatty and I can't really eat it. So yeah, um, that's my plan for the summer. I'll have to keep you posted. Um, so I guess um, we'll we'll call this a wrap on on this first episode. I uh, I think it went well. I wasn't really sure how it would be if I didn't have another person to bounce things off of, but like uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm uh, and I I'm eager. To see if people listen and see if people have any ideas of like things they'd like to hear. Um, I, I'm thinking I'll probably like after this, I'll probably gear myself more toward movies that I you know like reviewing movies. But like this week, I just wanted to kind of do a you know set the tone for what um, you know what kind of stuff. I have going on and, and what what I've been seeing and things like that. All right. Have a good day, folks. Brandon at Random Reviews is performed, written, directed, produced, and edited by Brandon Griffiths. Theme music is performed by Augusto Diniz from Fiverr.